Hey, DM listeners, this is Hector Santiasteban, the producer here for the Digital Marketer Podcast. And today's episode is an interview with Mark DeGrasse and the hosts of the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. And the Perpetual Traffic Podcast is another podcast produced by Digital Marketer and the Scalable Company. And Mark came on and talked about the importance of content and the power it has on your business. So if you don't already listen to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast, go and find it. But without any further ado, we're going to get into the interview with Ralph Burns, Kasim Aslam, and Mark DeGrasse right after this. This is Digital Marketing. Hey, it's Marky Grass here, and I've got a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your site? Seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully retarget your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. So that means that you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. It might sound too good to be true, but trust me, it works. The CEO, Adam Robinson, is brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for digital marketer listeners. If you go through their easy 30-minute onboarding process and haven't 5X your investment within the first six months, they'll give you all of your money back. To take advantage of the offer, go to getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. That's getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. Welcome to Perpetual Traffic, Mark. Hey guys, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's good to talk content. That's my that's my thing. Yeah, people still do read stuff on the internet, as far as I know. I mean, I, they, they watch more of it. <laughs> they watch a whole lot. I have noticed that. But I would imagine some of the strategies that you're going to be talking about here today is all about, hey, you know, time on site, people actually finding your site useful, which includes multimedia, not just the written word, but also audio, video, quite a bit. We've certainly noticed that all the blog posts that we put out now that actually tend to get a whole lot more engagement are ones that have video on them. So that's certainly helpful there. Um, so maybe tell us a little bit about your strategy over at Digital Marketer and some of the things you're doing with this content database strategy oh, you're right. starting to employ right now. Sure. So I came up with the, the kind of database approach from my original company called My Men Methods uh, at a magazine. And what I found was it was in the fitness industry and I wasn't in the fitness industry. Uh, what I found was that in the fitness industry, nobody called exercises the same thing. They came up with like five different ways to spell the word push up. And so <laughs> what, what I had a problem with was you look up the word push up and then you'd have 50 ways of doing just a push up. And so it frustrated me. So what I decided to do was make just a list of all the exercises, standardize how those exercises were named, and then show people how to do them. And it, it sounds just so basic that nobody else thought of it, apparently, because we were the only <laughs> database of exercises that I could find. And so that, that's kind of where the approach came. So what we did was we tied those exercises to, uh, it was an e-commerce business, uh, we imported equipment from China, and then we would just put here's you know 50 kettlebell exercises, and here's some kettlebells, and here's some kettlebell packages, and you know it's just basic content marketing. But for most people, they overcomplicate it. They want to write 
a 5,000 word article about the benefits of kettlebells and why they're so much better than blah, blah, blah. And you need that stuff too. But, but if you want to turn your website into a resource, you just need something for people to refer to. So that's where this guy came from. So if you need an exercise for kettlebells, you don't have to go to Google. You don't have to go to YouTube. You would just come to our website because we had a giant list and you've used it before. So you know what you're going to get. So that's the kind of approach that I originally came up with and then employed it um, when I sold my company to another business called Onnit and basically came up with more lists of information, you know, types of workouts, workout plans, you know, uh, different methods of training and so on and so forth. But it was always tied to, uh, I call it the money train of thought, where it's just like, okay, if you're here, how do you get people to money? And if you're giving them free information, how do you get people to, you know, engage, subscribe, convert, so on and so forth. Um, So that's kind of where it came from. Now, with Digital Marketer, we're actually redoing the front end of the website to more reflect what we have in the back end, you know, the membership portals. We have these hundreds of you know, workshops and insider trainings and certifications, but we don't really communicate that on the front end. So what I'm doing is basically, you know, taking the the core framework of Digital Marketer, which is the customer value journey, and applying it to categorizing all of our front end content. So that's one of the methods that we do that as a content database where you have, here's marketing terms, and here's other marketing terms, and here's what they relate to in relation to the framework so you're kind of my goal is really to introduce people who know nothing about what we do to really understanding it prior to ever signing up. And then when they sign up, they're just so engaged because they've technically been learning about it forever. So it's super easy and only requires thousands of pages of content. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you can do this. So, nice. so how does this differentiate from I know you guys are big on the ultimate guide kind of like just hugely chunky pieces of content like the ultimate guide to digital marketing you know without going over to digital market i know it's there somewhere and i know it's obviously it's a huge pillar content piece like how does this strategy differentiate from something like that which we have talked about here on the show i i believe the last couple of shows that we did with amanda we actually talked about this so what's the differentiator well i think the if you have like an ultimate guide that's more like a book you know, and I've always been a fan of writing books or the process of writing a book because you have to come up with a beginning, you know, middle and end, and then you have a complete package. What most people do in terms of content most of the time is they say, I have a blog and here's 50 keyword phrases that relate to the product I'm trying to sell. So I'm going to write 50 articles that target each one of these keyword phrases. So it's a very, you know, fluid process and you kind of do it sometimes and you don't do it other times. And it, it just doesn't happen most of the time because it takes so much resource to create that final book. Then instead you're like, I'll just piecemeal it. It'll happen someday. So one way to create content is you say, I'm going to come out with the ultimate guide as everything. And now what I could do is splinter that content into individual articles, uh, databases that you can refer to within the ultimate guide videos that refer to, and then it's all cross-linking back and forth. So if you find one piece organically, you could then land on the ultimate piece and then refer back to 100 different places and products and and that kind of stuff. Uh, The other method is to, if you don't have the time or you want something useful right now, is to just come up with simple lists of information and then you can always build those into greater lists in the future. So the the one that I was talking about before was the, the marketing dictionary where you have every company has their acronyms that you all know that nobody else knows, but you might refer to them sometimes. So hey, just make a list of those. You're already saying them. 
and define them. And now it's a resource for your employees or customers. Plus, you have a bunch of rankable content that now refers to your other rankable content. So it's, uh, again, pretty obvious for, for what we're doing on Digital Marketer. The new Digital Marketer is we're going to do, of course, that dictionary, but we're also doing a list of marketing tools that we use, why we use them, benefits, drawbacks, reviews, so on and so forth. And then also, uh, you know, just our people, people directories. So we have our certified partners, of course. Uh, we're talking about having our certification, people who've gone through our certifying process. Uh, and then even just other marketing agencies that we'd recommend or professionals we'd recommend based on the the type of digital marketing you're trying to do. So it's uh, a lot of info, but it's not complicated. You know, I think that's the trick because a lot of people just like, I need an article and I don't know how to write or I need a video, and I hate being on video, and so on and so forth. Then everybody puts these blocks in front of themselves where it's just like, no, you have the information. You're just complicating it. Just go, you know? So, I mean, I think a lot of people will look at the digital marketer site and say, well, that's great. They already have tons of content. Like, <laughs> they've been doing this ever since, I don't know, what, whenever Russ, I guess, started at Digital Marketer. <laughs> or Ryan probably did your initial content marketing or at least content writing. And then obviously, you know, there's been, uh, you know, people since then. And you've got a pretty chunky site. Like, how do you, if you're just starting out, you're saying, well, I know content marketing and SEO should be part of my overall traffic strategy here. Like, what would be the first steps in how would we kind of point people in the right direction? Do this first. Rome isn't built in a day necessarily, but what are those easy wins for people that are listening? I would say that the easiest thing you can do if you're just starting out is you probably don't know a lot, right? You need to learn a lot. The best way to start making content is just to answer the questions or, or define the information you need skills in. So let's say that you want a, a personal brand. I want to be a coach or influencer how do I get started with that? You write an article about how to become an influencer. And then you say, okay, I'm going to have to make video. I need to learn how to make video. What equipment do I need? What's my subject? Like, how do I come up with topics? How do I find a niche? And so if you actually turn the content making process into just a learning process, we all went to school. We had to write how many papers on subjects we knew nothing about because that was the assignment. If you just treat I feel like you're not marketing. selling this very well, Mark. Everybody's like, all right, we're gonna go back to school and start writing that. <laughs> you did that. I'm saying you have experience <laughs> doing this crap, and everybody just leaves yeah. school and like, okay, glad that's over. Yeah. <laughs> and then then you well, just because you have employees, right? And you're like, hey, I need you to do this. And it's the biggest task in the world. It's like your professors or your teachers had you do way more than this. I'm just asking for basic crap. Like, just yeah, do the work. Stop overthinking it. That's the funny thing about SEO. You said just a moment ago, I thought it was really poignant. You're like, it's pretty obvious when you were talking about the directory or the the uh, dictionary. And I feel like SEO on a lot of levels, I know there's some nuance to this, but I feel like it's pretty obvious. It's just tedious. It's like, you know what to do, but then like buckling down and doing it day in, day out. Like, and it's funny that you come from fitness because that's also fitness. Yes. There's nobody on planet Earth that doesn't know at this point. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to you know maybe exercise. like macro, micronutrients. But yeah, exercise, nutrition. But gosh, is that hard? And that's what SEO yeah. is. It's like the fitness of digital marketing. 
Yeah. And that's why I, and I, I've gone through that too, because I came from fitness and actually the funny part of that is I don't like exercising. I, I, it's, it's tedious. You get dirty, you're tired afterwards. Like there's a bunch of drawbacks to it on top of the mm-hmm. fact that you have to do it for a long time for it to make any difference. So I totally get it because I also don't like to exercise, but it's good for me. I, I kind of compare the two as brushing your teeth. You know, you, you know, you have to brush your teeth. It's a pain in the butt. You got to do it every day, blah, 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 but you'll keep your teeth. And so right. fitness is the same way. And actually SEL is the same way where you just say, Hey, I got to do this. You know, if I'm not significant online, if I don't have a presence and I'm not uh, demonstrating my competence on a regular basis online, I don't have online. So it's kind of like, uh, if you just treat it like a necessity, that's one way to do it. Another way to do it is I, I'm trying to come up with a system of gamifying, you know, content creation, where if you just had said, Hey, I get, I need to hit a hundred points this week and I get, you know, 20 points per article or I get 30 points per video and so on and so forth, then you'll be more likely to do it. And then, you know, you'll see the benefits, which are going to take some time because, you know, a lot of people say like, well, I'll just make one really good piece of content a month. And that'll be enough. And it's like, no, <laughs> because you don't know what's going to hit. Any content creator knows that they, you, you work your butt off on all these pieces. And then you, you're like, oh, man, this, this is going to crush it. I'm going to post. I'm going to go viral, blah, blah. And then it just crickets. And then another time you're like, crap, 10 minutes. Ah, and you just bust mm. out something. And that's what takes off. So there's no way you're going to know. So the only way to, to get around that fact is to make a lot of it. And then the good stuff will happen. And there you go. So it's not uh, just okay. piggybacking on what you said. Um, we rank my agency ranks for Google Ads agency on in the top half of the first page nationally and sometimes internationally. Feels like a big deal. We don't get many leads from that. We actually get a lot of like questions, but the questions are really top of the funnel, and mostly it's people looking for education. We also rank for how to calculate ROAS, which is kind of like an obscure <laughs> random snippet, and we you know it's specific though. Yeah. So that's what's interesting is we spent two and a half years ranking for Google Ads Agency and it did not yield the profitability that I would need to justify the expenditure. And then we rank for how to calculate ROAS on accident and I get like really solid leads from it. So to the point that you just made, even if something hits, you don't necessarily know that it's going to bring you customers or bring you the results that you want. There's just there's there's multiple kind of trial and error. Like, I don't know if this is going to rank or not. Oh, it ranked. I don't know if it's going to bring a quality customer or not, you know, and, and, and kind of sort so on and so forth. No, that, that's so true. But, you know, you kind of have to look at content on two sides. You have branding where you're trying to establish your competence. You're trying to establish your image. You're trying to just get in front of people like that's branding. And so that's one side of it. So you have to answer those questions that might not lead to leads because your potential customers or existing customers expect them. And if you don't have them, they're going to get those answers somewhere else. So you don't want that. Then you have the conversion side where it's like, okay, if you go specific enough and you, you know, show people that you're an expert in that single subject like ROAS, then, hey, this guy's already answering my questions. He knows what's up. I'm going to go ahead and contact him because nobody else answered this. But you have to do both. It's just a pain, you know. (laughs) I heard somebody say once that I've created thousands of videos with hundreds of views to get to one that actually went viral. And I mean, that's the video question. I mean, I guess it's, you really don't know like what's going to hit for you. Like from a virality perspective, it's just, it's really like, who the hell knows? 
Like oh, I know yeah. there's been books and blog posts written about this and how to get your video to go viral, how you get your blog post to go viral. But it's really, it comes back to content. You really don't know. It's just a matter of producing it on a regular basis because like virality, you don't know which individual piece of content is going to be the one that actually converts. Exactly. You know? Well, and the funny thing is with the, uh, you know, just relaying back to fitness again, uh, you know, I had, I actually had a gym, so I actually trained people to the diet thing, blah, blah, blah. And you wouldn't have a program or a method or a diet plan that worked for everyone, right? You had, you know, this person, it works here, that person, something different works, this person, you know, nothing was the same. So what it ended up happening was you realized that every person's unique and the only program that really works is the one that works for them. And so mm -hmm. that's, it's kind of the same way with content where you have like, yeah, you can make systems and you make all the stuff, but you're you and your business is unique. And so everything you say and do is special to you. So that's why you have to go through the process of trying everything. And then you find out like, oh, here's my system. People like me when I, you know, talk about this one subject and I act like a goofball, like, okay, that's my model. I'll do more of that crap. And now, now it works, but you can't get any analytics or get any kind of knowledge about what's going to work until you do a hundred pieces of content. You know, for me, when I was talking to my clients about that, I'm like, you can go content marketing you could go fully organic. You spend nothing on paid ads. You're going to make content for one year, solid every day. And even then it still might not work, <laughs> you know, and now you just spent a year, but that's how long it takes. Or, you could go paid ads and you could put a, all your effort, you know, on steroids. And then now you find out what works tomorrow <laughs> versus waiting a year and it still might not work. So it's, uh, you got to do both most of the time. Call me crazy though. Why would somebody bother with SEO? It's so much work and content market. I'll just do a video instead. And maybe that'll go viral. It's much easier for me to do that. Or I'll just, you know, plunk down my credit card, start buying some Google ads, some YouTube ads, some Facebook ads. Like, give me the argument for why people should do it. Because, I mean, hey, hand in the air, I, SEO got got too hard for me. <laughs> you know, in 2009, 2010, I was like, screw this. And I started buying like Taboola ads and Facebook ads. And I was like, look at all the traffic, you know, it's coming to your site. I'm like, and then I eventually told like, I am, you know, amplifying some of this content with paid advertising they didn't really care and it was that mm -hmm. point in my career where i was like huh i can get more traffic by just paying or having them pay better yet i was actually the one that was paying for it at that point in time because i was an seo agency but i'm like why should i bother with this stuff and I, my focus you know from a personal perspective the last 10 11 years has not been on seo so what's mm -hmm. the argument for it the argument for it is that you have to, especially, you know, growing necessity is displaying your competence online. And you can't really do that by saying, come buy my stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. Like eventually people get used to it or you're saturate your market or whatever else happens. People get tired. If you show your competence with useful information, uh, you're not only, you know, putting your brand for free because it doesn't cost that much to make content. And most of it's evergreen if you do it right. Uh, you're also in front of their faces for a bunch of terms that you might not even think of now. So it's, you know, I think in terms of a launch vehicle versus a long-term branding approach or long-term company growth approach, it's totally necessary. You know, you have to show that. Otherwise, people go on your, your website and be like, 
you've been around for 20 years and there is three pages on this website. I either don't trust you or think you're incompetent because you just don't talk about anything. Maybe you don't even need me. Now I'm even less interested. So that's one reason. Another side, you know, especially for small businesses, which is what I worked with, was it has an operational value if you're taking, you know, questions and information that you currently answer through customer service inquiries or phone calls and put articles and videos and this kind of stuff where people could find the information without having to contact you. So now instead of spending all this time answering questions, dealing with customer service issues, you say, hey, go, go to our blog, type in the question, here's the answer. And so even for the, the automated approach where you're saying, okay, I'm going to have an AI be my customer service department, if you don't have core information, all like stuff, there's nothing for it to be to answer the questions with. So I think two sides, it's, it's long-term branding, it's evergreen, you know, free traffic that you don't have to pay for all the time. And there's also operational benefits if you take the effort, which you're probably doing internally anyways, and just making it public. You know, what you just said, that that last piece has been really big for us. Um, as we get bigger, we need that knowledge base. And so when my team creates a piece of content, what we want to do is we want to hit like three axes. You want to hit service, sales, and marketing. Service being the customer who's like, hey, why did this happen? And then sales is the conversation I'm already having with somebody. And now I get to kind of direct them and manage expectations. And then marketing, of course, is people finding us. And if your content can speak to all three avatars, I think that's when you start justifying the creation of it. Because without that, I'm sort of with Ralph. It's almost like, gosh, this is so hard for mm -hmm. such a minute opportunity to have an at-bat. And that's probably because we are paid ad guys. Um, well, I think it's it's a different shift from SEO because SEO is always something that we use. Like we we optimize everything, but with the algorithm changing so much, and you had those catastrophic situations where it changed drastically, and people just lost their asses because they, all that's all they serve. Uh, if you just focus on useful information for your customers, you like your customers, you know, you might as well share this with them. And just if you look at it from that perspective, then it comes from the uh, ROI, like how much is this article and this two hours I spent writing it worth to, hey, I don't know how much it's worth, but it will be worth something over this much time. And, you know, there you go. So it's, it's a shift. It's it's really, I call it, you know, building your digital presence is that's what content is. And then, you know, if you want people to see it now, then that's what paid advertising is. Or if you want to sell something directly and need an ROI now to justify it, yeah, paid ads. So uh, you need both is usually what I tell people. Hey, Ryan Dice here. You know, it's been a while since I've run the day-to-day -day for Digital Marketer, the company that Roland and I are partners in. Fortunately, we have a great team and great partners who help us with all that nitty-gritty stuff now. But the one thing that we focused on while I was there and the one thing the team still focuses on to this day is optimizing everything. I'm talking testing everything from the sales copy to the color of the checkout button. Testing like this can have a huge impact on your bottom line, but the truth is it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. And half the time we were just throwing stuff against the wall just to kind of see what stuck. But the good news is you don't have to figure everything out on your own anymore. And that's because our friends at Conversion Fanatics have optimized hundreds of sites in all types of industries from small startups to Fortune 500s. 
And now they can handle all your testing and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com. There's a really, uh, it's an interesting statistic running around and it's from a Cisco survey. And it says that 82% of consumer internet traffic will be video. What's funny about it is it says by 2021. So the the survey is from 2016 and yet it's cited everywhere. And in trying to verify this, I'm not able to confirm that that actually happened. The closest I can get is is data from 2019 that says 60% of internet traffic is video. So we know it's somewhere between 60 and 80% and trending upwards. Uh, my, my question there is, what does that do to SEO long term? Is it the same paradigm but video? So you build your dictionary and your web and you're interlinking and now you're doing, are you doing content, you know, written content and video content or are you transitioning from one to the other? Are you just, just transcribing your videos? Like, how do you think, you know, if, if we want to play the evergreen game, how do we make sure that we're, we're building this out for long term success? Yeah, you know, you do both. Um, so we'll do pillar pieces that are video, and then we'll convert them to articles and, and vice versa. Uh, the problem with current search technology is that you don't have, you know, the robot is not sitting there watching your video. So, you know, with, with video searches, you don't have a robot or a piece of software that sits there and watches 10 minutes of your video and can tell exactly what the person is saying, the context, the you know reason people are liking it why they, you know, the machine would like it, that technology doesn't exist currently. So the way they rank everything is just based on statistics and, you know, who has so many subscribers, so let's rank that better. And then they probably have some subscription, uh, you know, subscribing or transcribing where they can actually read the video and find out how many terms are used within that content. It's just very new. And that's why you have people who make videos and you're like, why the heck did this get watched? And not your video, which might be much better content, is because there's no assessment happening there that has any kind of meaningful human connection. So if you said like, like, hey, flaw, like that's such a ranking disconnect. If you take the, you know, Google's basically, from what I'm hearing, they're optimizing content according to their capabilities instead of according to our interests. And so, and, and our interests and their capabilities are proving to kind of diverge as we veer more towards video, but their ability to optimize is more text-based so maybe what this means is if you're building video, you're stacking the chips in your favor for the day that Google can actually understand videos, we're going to see like this really interesting tip. Um, mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's going to spill over in the direction of the people that are creating. And I'm saying video, but I mean, I think auditory content too, like podcasts, obviously, oh, yeah. are just such a freaking storm. Um, and that makes me really question this data point. 60 to 80% is video. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Think how about how much audio, audio content is out there. Well, of the audio content, it's uh, there's only some people that will listen to information like that. Just like there's only some people that will watch information and some people that will read information. With yeah. the content creation, why it leans towards writing right now, why the best SEO articles are 1,500 to 2,500 words long is because there's so many keyword phrases in there. It has nothing to do with you know the content itself. It's just algorithms and then click-through rates and so on and so forth. So that's why you actually see with like TikTok, which I always talk about because I'm trying to get digital marketer on there soon, uh, why those platforms take off is because the algorithm is now human-based, right? Mm. So many people saw this video, so many people liked this video, so many people commented on this video. So it's very 
human reviewed versus algorithm machine reviewed. And so I think there'll be some crossover maybe in the near future, you know, AI is, you know, realized and now they're actually judging our content. But until then, it's going to read through keywords a lot easier than it will through video. So do both, transcribe both, use all channels, you know, do the work. Yeah. Well, I mean, and tons of Google searches, I mean, especially in the how-tos, I think I was doing it this weekend. Uh, we still have some trees down from a hurricane, so I brought out the old mm-hmm. chainsaw, and I was like, how to change a chainsaw blade? Like, yeah. every result was all video. All of a sudden, yeah. Ralph starts getting ads for doctors near me in emergency <laughs> clinics. <laughs> <laughs> emergency room, urgent care centers. <laughs> How to staunch the bleeding. Yeah. Well, thankfully, yeah. <laughs> the chainsaw blade was so dull, it wouldn't even cut through like the tree, let alone my leg. So anyway, but the point was, <laughs> like, it was all video. So I'm just trying to like balance out because we're, I mean, obviously, Custom is focused on video. We do a fair amount of video. We also power a lot of that video through paid ads to goose. Like all we really Mm -hmm. care about is the traffic and not necessarily with a call to action either. It's usually Mm -hmm. just education, really soft calls to action at the end. And when we made this decision, you know, earlier this year about our marketing strategy, content on site and SEO kind of took the backseat a bit. I mean, Mm -hmm. we still are doing it. We, you know, we actually are you know, creating blog posts and everything else embedded with a lot of video. Like I said before, it's like, where do you spend your time? How do you spend your time? Is it, are there some niches like from your perspective that lend itself better to the written word, digital marketer, obviously maybe one of them versus video. Like if I'm the chainsaw guy at uh, replacementparts.com, I'm probably doing a lot of chainsaw videos. You know what I mean? As opposed to yeah. writing blog posts. Like where where is that balance and where can people strike that balance? Well, for me, I mean, digital marketing is a little special because we have an existing network. We have a lot of professionals. We have a, a sizable following. And so what I do is I actually base the content creation on the contributor, which is a little backwards because most people think like, I need to make a video. Let me go find some video people. Instead, what I do is I find capable professionals and say, hey, What's the best way to share your information? Okay, this person doesn't write. They're good on video. We're going to make a video. Mm. Okay, this person isn't good on video. They can't write. Love podcasts. Put them on the podcast. So I actually just start with what content uh, do you want to contribute? And then we'll create whatever we want out of it. So most of the time, we'll do all three. We'll actually do, if we do a video, we'll transcribe it into an article. And then we'll actually pull pieces out of it for you know, static graphics, like here's a quote from the video. And if you want the rest of this, go to the article, or go to the video and so on and so forth. Uh, so it's really, yeah, I'm, I'm backwards. I, I start with the professionals and then I create the content and then that's where it comes from. Now, Dude, me that's, pers- brilliant. that's like a pro tip right there. I think you just mm-hmm. dropped a knowledge bomb. Anybody listening, so. that's the way to do it. Yeah. I mean, you're not trying to fit the square peg into the round hole, so to speak. Right. It's like whatever their best medium is, is going to be probably the best content. I mean, you have access to a lot of people who might be able to create some pretty good content, a digital marketer, but yeah, that's... Yeah, you just problem. ask most of the time. <laughs> you know, yeah. I have... When I have my magazine, I actually had a database of like 2,000 people who could contribute content and I would come up with a subject and then I'd farm it out and find out who wanted to make the content and then go from there. Um but yeah, now it's the same way. I mean, people, there's a lot of people who know of Digital Marketer, but not everybody. So what I do is I take my existing following and say, hey, you know, uh, you, I love your video on YouTube. 
uh, if you could, if you want to write a piece, we'd love it. We have this many followers. We have this, here's our email list is huge. You know, I'd really appreciate it. We'll make sure you're cited. We'll tag you and we'll launch it out to everywhere. What do you say? And nine times out of 10, because we have a sizable following, they say yes. And then then the exposure and now win-win and I can splinter that. And I mean, usually a typical article will create 20 pieces of content. So whether it's graphics for social media or, you know, videos or whatever else it is. And so it's, yeah, once you get the machine going, then it, it nonstop. Like I have more content that I, I need for the next like 90 days. And yeah. I'm not trying that hard because the website's not up yet. <laughs> so once the website is up, <laughs> then we'll be cooking, you know? No, that's a good tip. That's uh, it's a good place to start. A bunch of great pro tips here from Mark. And simple is best. I, I think everyone just tries to complexify everything, complicate everything. It's like going back to the basics. Did you just like complicate the word complicate? Right? <laughs> I, <did. laughs> I think that's why I said it. Um, yeah, that's right. Just making up words. Why not? No, the point is, is like just keep it simple and really think about your audience and think about the people who are actually contributing the content to your audience and put them in the best spot possible for you and them to be successful. Uh, and obviously you've been able to do that at digital marketer and especially in the past, where can people find you if they wanted to connect with you, Mark DeGrasse? Um, I have markdegrasse.com and then of course, uh, digitalmarketer.com. We're going to be relaunch that website really soon. In the meantime, check out the blog We're we're producing content all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's the site where I always, like, I, I must have a couple of people a week who say, you know, where should I start? I had a guy message me last night, I'm just, go to Digital Marketer. That's the place to start for all this stuff, <laughs> you know? And then uh, read Russ and Russ and Ryan's book, you know, The Dummy's Guide to Digital Marketing is pretty good, too. That's actually in a bookshelf here somewhere. Yeah, pretty good start. So, well, thank you for uh, coming on Perpetual Traffic uh, this week. And for all the links and all the goodies that we mentioned here today, we'll leave links to Mark, how you can connect with him. Head on over to perpetualtraffic.com. Until next week, for my awesome virtual slash real co-host, Qasem Aslam, see ya. Peace. This is Digital Marketing. Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up. Because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.